This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Listen to yourself, man. You're hanging with nerds. Nerd alert! Your corner of Phone Geek Radio dedicated to all things nerdy. I'm Monica Castillo, and I'm joined today by my fellow co host and friend, Michelle Bookman. Yeah, but Bushman, it's okay. Bushman? Yeah, I get it that all Wait, the time. I'm it's fine. wrong this whole time. Hey, <laughs> have your dudes? I didn't even hear. It's okay. Okay. Um, we'll but we have, a, we have a special Bushman. guest. <laughs> we have a special guest. As you can probably hear. Introduce yourself, special guest. Um, Male I, voice. Uh, I'm James. I am a bad movie enthusiast. I'm also in a up-and-coming, but not really, indie band called Nick Rage. Yeah, um, James, they sing about how much they love Nicolas Cage. He really, and he's truly American actor. Right? Yes, it comes from Nick, Nick Rage. And we, we should probably put it out there that you genuinely love Nick Cage, right, James? Yes, he is a truly, truly great actor. <laughs> he is 100% committed to all the roles he takes, whether it's an Oscar-winning drama or a movie where he plays a sorcerer. Yeah, no. I mean, he's, he's got range. He's truly versatile. Big yeah. There's <laughs> no movie that Nicolas Cage won't do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so true. Lots of source material. Before we get to that, we have Doctor Who news to take care of for a second, so we'll get back to James after we discuss this. But we haven't talked about the new Doctor. We have a 12th Doctor, and his name is... Peter Capaldi, and he's really well-known, which is kind of strange. Yeah, they usually tend to pick someone you haven't heard of before. And how are they going to explain that he was in he was in the Pompeii episode? So like, well, whoops. wasn't uh, Amy also in an early Karen Gillian? Was yes, in the early episode. And then did, I think they there's been a few companions. They expi- they've explained it away. I'll, I'm sure Moffat will be like, there uh, there was a weird time space continuum, wibbly wobbly. Or they won't talk about it. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> either that. He just looks eerily familiar to Nero. Yeah, so have you or some sort of. It was some sort of a, yeah, an emperor. Was, yeah. So have you ever seen anything Peter Capaldi? Unfortunately, I have not. I've totally missed this guy. So he's in a very, very well-known British show called The Thick of It, where he plays uh, this guy, Malcolm Tucker. Who's the only thing I do know is there's an amazing supercut of all the times that he's cursed out. Yes. So cur- cursing Malcolm out Tucker his, uh, is one of the best characters. He's the director of communications for Parliament, so he's just swearing up a storm. If if anybody's seen In the Loop, it's the TV show. Uh, that or that movie is based on the TV show he's in. It's just kind of a continuation of it. Um, he's also an Oscar winner. Like he's a really yeah. Uh, I think he's a, a short a short film about yeah. Kafka. Uh, like he's really really smart. Uh, really really well known. And this is like the oldest doctor. He's the same age as William Hartnell, who was yeah. the first doctor when he was hired on. So it's and I, I know interesting. I know people. <laughs> uh, some factions of the internet are upset it wasn't diverse enough. But I like at least it wasn't another skinny unknown British. Guy, like it yeah, was and they kept bit. following it up with cute guys. I think, yeah, some people might have. But I, I like it because Pew Capaldi tends to play these very like high stress, 
crazy swearing up a storm characters. That's not probably going to be the doctor, though. Yeah, so (laughs) I think he's going to be a very, very serious doctor as opposed to Matt Smith's silly all-over-the-place doctor. So I think it will be interesting to see how they go from one to another so dramatically. I think someone also commented, I, I had read, that they think that the relationship between him... And Clara are now going to change because it's a little more father daughter. She she's definitely staying on, right? Yeah. I didn't, okay, I didn't know if she was going to be like the full season on or, or what have you. Yeah, from from what I've heard, they haven't picked a new companion. So. I think that'll be interesting. Also, how's she going to like grasp with with a regeneration? Like that'll be interesting too. Yeah, because she's Rose rel- did really well with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's like a relative. I mean, she's a pretty new companion too, so it's almost like new companion yeah. doctor again with with what Matt Smith. Uh, they started over kind of with Amy, too. So. Yeah, that was completely fresh. But um, back to what you said about the whole diversity thing, I think a lot of people were pretty upset with how it was talked about, because uh, I know Moffat's comments were definitely what yeah. set off a lot of people. Also, I was a little angry only because a week before he was at Comic-Con going, we haven't even started casting yet. Well, obviously you did, and you just are yes. a liar. You made an offer. Moffat! <laughs> Moffat! <laughs> You're the worst HR person. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Do not hire him to be your PR. Yeah. Um, with that as well, I, I was actually also disappointed with Neil Gaiman. He went on his blog, and he had talked about that story-wise, it did seem right for him that the next regeneration would be someone much with a more masculine energy yeah and that day like the within like the 24 48 hours or so i had just come out of elysium where jodie foster plays a badass like oh department she's so head terrible for, in that uh, movie. secretary of state or so or, um no like uh the person in charge of she's a like homeland war. security homeland security elysium. yeah what's with her accent in that movie yeah yeah but at the same time like this is not near that women can kick ass. Yeah. Why did it all of a sudden, like, oh, no, but she can't be a doctor. Shh. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's really... I mean, Helen Mirren, she's been doing the Red Series. Could you imagine Helen Mirren as I a doctor? Th- I think it would be, not beneath her, but it would be... Not, but it could be someone like her. Yeah, it could be somebody like her. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's Moffat. I it, think the it, problem is Moffat. Yeah, the problem is Moffat. Not that he's a bad writer, but he's he's very old school. In the I was going to say, but I'm pointing to is his purism. Yeah, he's very series. traditional, and I think we can afford to not be as traditional anymore. Yeah, it, the series is 50 I mean, years old. You can you could do a little change. Well, like, wasn't it? I mean, it was like, there's only going to be 12 when they started out, and like he changed that whole thing. And that's like yeah, I think we're too. thinking about a fifty-year-old running series because yeah. mean, we're lo- they didn't even save the tapes. That yeah, some of the um, yeah, there's a lot of seasons episodes with the first Doctor that are lost Just forever. Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I'm sure they will again. Moffat will bring up a brilliant explanation to keep the seat. This yeah, show did you see that thing Neil Gaiman said about how there was somebody else almost cast for the Doctor? Yes. And I I think it, somebody said it was Bill Nye, maybe. I want to um, say that. No, the, the one that I remember that a lot of people were pressuring him, like, answer. Oh, was it the was person? There's a person of color. person of color. And a lot of people were like, well, really? Like, tell yeah, us that would more. Be and then, of course, he wouldn't. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, just, I, it's just, it's a little disappointing because, I mean, Britain's change. 
things, you know, they have different accents on BBC now. They can they yeah. afford a little, you know, I mean, wiggle room. He's going to get to keep his Scottish accent. I was excited yeah. about that. It's a small thing. It's not like a diversity thing. Well, but well yeah, yeah. I've got, they made Tenant change, his, change yeah. it. And then I mean, it became a joke. If, in one if you haven't heard Peter Capaldi talk, it's a little bit tougher Scottish accent. It's not like David Tennant proper Scottish. It's oh, like okay. a little bit like tough. BC Scott? <laughs> it's, it's like he, uh, I mean, he, okay, it's the reason he's so cool is like, so one, he was in a punk band with Craig Ferguson when he was. Yes. Oh my God, it was so amazing. So I, I love Craig Ferguson when this whole he, thing was happening. He did the Doctor Who panel at Comic-Con and he yeah. was awesome. But um, if anybody has, if, go on YouTube and look up um, Peter Capaldi, Craig Ferguson interview, because the best part is how he introduces it is he goes, in the 70s, I used to take LSD with this person. <laughs> I wish I was there. Not, not participating, but just watching. Um, oh, but man. God, that must have been awesome. Like who knew? Must have been it's amazing. like, where are they now? Yeah. Well, this one's now the doctor, and the other one has a successful TV show. Yeah, it just like I like his story. Like he he is not like cookie cutter, you know, queen. Like yeah. Peter Capaldi, it's like he does what he wants. It's kind All of right. awesome. So he can kind of be a smarmy older dude. I want him to be like a sarcastic doctor, but like it's a family show. He can only be so sarcastic and yeah. like. Well, sarcastic, yeah, but he's definitely not going to be in the loop. Yeah, no, no. But <laughs> we I, won't I see mean, that kind of. Doctor. As far as like Stephen Moffat, this is probably like the most diverse we're going to get from him. And unfortunately, I think he's going to be gone after Capaldi, though. When Capaldi really? leaves, I can see him leaving. I don't think he's going to be in that job forever. Okay, maybe. I mean, do you I, think he might do is, bigger I, Hollywood projects or something? Uh, I mean, maybe I know. The other thing is, like, he has kids, yeah. and they're, like, eight, nine, so, mm-hmm. like, how how much does, is he gone from them a year, and, like, as as people get older, yeah. like, that's another thing that I know, like, Doctor Who producers in the past have gone because they they don't want to be in Cardiff anymore, or whatever have yeah. so, like, I mean, it, it could happen, I'm not saying I definitively think it could happen, but if there was a time, I think that would be the time, rather than, like, Matt Smith, because he's only done... Matt Smith. It's yeah, not yeah. enough time has passed. Yeah. All right. We'll see. As long as it's not another like, I don't know who would take over, but that's the. It's so far down the road. Yeah, we're just around. starting now. So yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm excited because it's something different. I am disappointed because I did like Matt Smith's Doctor so much. Yeah, he was I, a lot I'm of just fun. Sad. It seems like it's was better so than short. that sad Doctor. Yeah. yeah, compared to Tenet, who did well, I think he did about five seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know, and I wonder how long. Peter Capaldi will do it for only because he's kind of like a really in-demand British actor and it's it's not beneath him to take Doctor Who but I wonder if he'll only do it for so long yeah. and then I, I hate short periods of the Doctor I wish they it was people yeah. who could go for longer because then you don't get to de- develop the character yeah or you just don't get attached yeah that's true like Eccleston, I don't, I don't have anything really. Is it, is it Paul McGann? The oh, the, oh, yeah, he just said the TV movie. Yeah, yeah. nobody knows. Yeah, <laughs> but I think more people have gotten into him from like the radio dramas and things like that. But unless yeah. you're going seeking out those things, it's not. That's yeah. not Doctor people. It, oh guys. yeah, nobody. People it's not are a big like Tom Baker. It's the, yeah. yeah, and people usually hate that movie too. So it's like yes, it's like a blip it's in the very system. Very non-cannibal. Yeah, yeah it's cannibal. so it's so terrible. But anyways. 
Moving on from Doctor Who, we're going to talk about bad movies. Woo! James's favorite subject in the world, quite possibly, besides yeah. Nicolas Cage. It might be. It I was actually disappointed that Nicolas Cage wasn't cast as Doctor Who. Just <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine no Americans? How, yeah, <laughs> I mean, goodness. I feel we like, can have all the diverseness in the world, but not in America. But if you watch yeah. National <laughs> Treasure 2, there's one point he puts on a British accent, and watching that, I'm like, he's a perfect doctor. <laughs> Oh my god. He has so, your heart and soul, man. <laughs> so James, what what is your definition of a bad movie? Um, well the thing is there I feel like there are two types of bad movies. The first one is something that's so astonishingly terrible in so many ways that it retroactively becomes awesome. So for example what, what, what For example, the movies I'm gonna talk about today. Yes. James <laughs> um, picked a very specific list. I have a very good list and I'm bummed that some great bad films I've seen couldn't even make this list. I, I even was told before coming on this show that I couldn't do Lifetime movies. Yeah, I told him no Lifetime movies. You can do your own list of Lifetime movies. I will one day do my list of Lifetime movies. I've gone through a lot of them. I'm so Um, sorry. But I mean, (laughs) that's an example of like, those are, or like the sci-fi, or like Sharknado. Sharknado. That is purposely made to be bad, but it's so bad it's enjoyable. from start to finish. Yes. But um, then there's just plain bad movies, which aren't worth me wasting my time over. So something like, those terrible spoof movies. Those are just genuinely terrible movies that oh, don't like have scary movie, scary movie or, or whatever. Yeah, the really movie. bad ones, the uh, Freeberg Seltzer movies. They like meet the Spartans and like vampires suck. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they don't even bother with writing jokes. They kind of just Hey, have remember a scene this from, movie? <laughs> they, yeah. the, what they'll do is they'll have a scene from a movie and then like like scene by scene, like it's perfect, and then they'll be like, okay, what if Iron Man crashes into one of them on a horse, yeah. and then does Gangnam Style. Oh yeah, well cultural references are yeah, so hilarious. Yeah, pop culture references, so funny. It's yeah. great for like a YouTube short. It's probably not that great for 90 minute movie time. Yeah, no, I don't okay know. for it. There's, I think they have a Hunger Games spoof movie coming out, which okay. makes me want to die inside. That does but... make me sad. Well, even like before that, like there's a lot of like 50s B movies that suck. Yeah. good. Like I love Plan 9. I've yeah. seen it. Also, I it movies are crowds. I feel like Mr. Science also... Theater did oh, yeah. a great thing for all those films yes. as well. They gave a great context in watching them too, because you basically got to watch movies with some funny robots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mystery Science Theater is a good example. They actually had yeah. a really good, um, a couple years back, I went to Riff Tracks Live at the Wilbur, and it's wow. the original Mystery Science Theater crew, and they riff over a movie. Oh, yeah, they do, they do, like, um, Twilight and stuff like that. Except what they did was, um, this was, this was actually Cinematic Titanic, um, where they do an old B-movie in front of a live audience. Oh, this one called so Rattlers, fun. which was about snakes oh, inside yeah. of a cave. <laughs> Snakes in a cave. Snakes in a cave. Snakes in a cave. Precursor to snakes on a plane. Wait, which is a great example of a so bad it's good movie. I feel, and the thing is, I feel like a bad movie can be slightly self-aware as long as it doesn't try too hard to be bad. Yeah. So Sharknado had a bit of self-awareness, but they decided to at least make it stupidly entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I mean, there's... As long as they don't try and bank on the fact that they know it's bad, so they just don't even try. Yeah, it's it's one thing to, like, be entertaining and try a little bit, but then there's, like, you're trying too hard that it borders into, this is terrible. Like, yeah. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus had that problem, because they there were two awesome scenes in that movie, then the rest of the movie was just lots of scenes of scientists, and I don't care about the scientists. I no, you want to see the giant shark I want to see a Mega Shark versus the Giant Octopus. That's yeah. why I watched this movie. Yeah. yeah. 
That, that's probably, I mean... That was kind of like, I saw the 70s film Reptilicus during the uh, Boston Sci-Fi movie uh, That sounds amazing based off name alone. Yeah, well, it's basically a big toy giant lizard that then terrorizes, I think it's a Danish town? Nice. Yeah. Wow. And it like spits acid and it glows and it's weird. That sounds but, amazing. Where do I find this movie? I, you? you have to track it down. I got to see it on 35 millimeter on this the big looks- screen with a lot of people and you know, laughing yeah. and clapping. But you know, the, the parts where it's like toy model, untoy city, great. When it was a lot of scientists dealing with Woman, get out of here. It's kind of like, oh, this is funny, maybe like five for five minutes, but then it's a lot of conversation. There's also cheesy elements, as in Godzilla, 50s Godzilla. It's definitely really cheesy, but it's also brilliant. It's yeah. just it. It was cheesy. It, yeah, you know, it's definitely trying to ride. Yeah, I mean it's it, or old Doctor Who even super super cheesy. Well, like or low the budget Peter Cushing movies. If you've yeah. ever seen those, those are pretty yep. awful. Yeah, they're awful because they're so cheesy, but they're also really entertaining. So it it there's a there's it's a, a good, fine it's line. Kind of, yeah, it's gotta be. And that's like balanced. my criteria when I put this list together. Like they have to be movies. Like like you know what? I really want to watch this movie, even though it is truly god awful. Yeah, you like need some be, sort of enjoyment. It, it just can't be a be... slog to get through. But yeah. I also feel like when you watch bad movies, you have to watch them with a lot of people. Oh yeah, you can't watch. I mean, you can maybe watch. Can you imagine watching the room by yourself? Like that's the thing. If someone says, "Oh, it's on Netflix," and I'm like, "Don't you dare!" Yeah, I've only seen it once, and I don't think I would ever see it again. I haven't gone to the College Corner. I've seen it in theaters five times. I've seen it oh, twice. Oh my god, no, I couldn't. But it it's, it it really depends on the communal experience, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it's I've seen totally it with some truly different. great crowds. Um, I saw it, but the first time I saw it, I think it was in 2009. Um, it was like when they first started showing it in London. Um, mm-hmm. Went to the Prince Charles Theatre scene, which is a great cult theatre, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Like people, A lot of people were taking their friends for the first time because no one had seen, seen it. it. My yeah. friends were taking their friends, and people were just sitting there in disbelief. Like. Once you see the room, it just rewires everything you know about terrible movies. Wait, speaking of good, bad movie experiences, I don't know if it's on your list, James, so maybe I won't. But, but James went to the premiere of a really bad movie. Oh, it's. I'm going to discuss that film. Okay, good, okay, okay. Actually, um, I'm looking at this, and it turns out that autocorrect doesn't seem to think that birdemic is a word. It, <laughs> autocorrect has changed it to bridesmaid shock and terror. <laughs> I mean, that could be like the B movie spinoff of Bridesmaid. The version of Bridesmaid yeah. or something. Wait, so should, what, do we want to get what's number, or do you want to go from ten up, or there's, is there, there no order? order? There's okay. there no order. Okay, um, so I, I guess, have the three honorable mentions. Yes. Okay. Um. So, firstly, one Nicolas Cage movie has to be on this list somewhere, oh, and of course, that movie's going to be The Wicker Man. <laughs> this is a rare remake where the movie, where normally you get really worried when you remake a movie because they're just going to make a bad movie. But I feel like The Wicker Man was not only a bad movie, but it reimagined The Wicker Man as a comedy. Um, you get to see some truly absurd sights, including Nicolas Cage in a bear suit running around an island punching people in the face. <laughs> oh my god, it's so. And there's like because why not? The there were so many not elements. Not the bees. Yeah, not the bees. Which there were so favorite. many elements setting it up to be a good movie though, because like Neil LeBute did it, and he's a really well-known like playwright, and and he does all this Broadway stuff, and just he can't do movies. All of his movies are terrible. 
So I feel like step away. Needs, yeah, from the, get away from the camera. The <laughs> go go on a stage where you win to- Tony Awards, but stop making movies. Yeah. It's just it's getting bad. Anyway, James. Fantastic film though. Um, give it ten Nicolas Cage out of ten. Um, <laughs> then uh, of course this is a film that's going to be screening at the Coolidge Corner Theater soon. Um, Troll Two. Fantastic! Uh, and Monica's never seen it. Oh I my never god! Seen Troll Two. It's turning. You're gonna turn it. Noob. We're gonna ask you to turn in your badge until then. Oh, you're, you can't. You can't truly appreciate this movie until oh, it's man, astonishing. Yeah, it's great acting. So terrible. Great special effects. Oh. Really <laughs> compelling plot. When we say all of those things, <laughs> we really mean the opposite. <laughs> And then finally in the honorable mentions list, uh, the reason I'm very hesitant, I was a little hesitant to put this on the list, was uh, because the first half of this movie is such a slog to get through, um, Verdemic Shock and Terror. Um, it is such so, a slog to get so through. So James went to the London premiere of that Actually, um, it gets even better than that. Um, apparently, I haven't checked this for myself yet, on the Blu-ray DVD of Verdemic, in the special features, If you, I think there was a segment about the, like the film premiering, and apparently I'm seen at one point. <laughs> oh, oh my, god. my god! James, that's, not, that's like bad movie celebrity. But right I may or may not have been drunk when this happened. <laughs> um, they gave everyone at the premiere um, free cocktails. Um, the studio was just that's probably an incentive um, they to, gave to yeah. the theater. Bird themed cocktails. I oh received one called Tequila Mockingbird. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I went in on this recipe. Um, oh and also, God, um, the attendants at the theater were all wearing bird costumes, and the director was present too. And he had a Q and A session after the movie. I hope they paid the employees extra to have to do that. Oh my God! Tips, man. I, I it was it was an incredible wow. premiere. Truly great night. I actually um, saw it here at the Brattle, and it was a full crowd and. It's a great. I was kind of horrified. That I, it's that a great Hitchcock bored. remake. Um, it, it's, it borders it's, on it's, so bad though it's, because it, it borders on that really first half boring. is really bad. Yeah. It does. The first half is excruciating. It's basically. It's like you're just waiting for the bars and you're like, please just attack me. The, the acting yeah. is so bad that the actors manage to make walking seem like a difficult task. Yeah. Like <laughs> accurate. Everything in the. There is not a single redeeming thing about any of the performances, and it's clear the director was not in on it. Because um, oh, yeah. when we asked him at the premiere, we asked him, where did you find those actors? And he's like, well, you know, we didn't have the best special effects budget. And obviously, because those birds look like GIF files. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're screensavers. They might be screensavers, or they might have been made in MS Paint, which is really great for special effects. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Red he's green. like, but you know, we made... We made the most of it because we got some really great actors. Like, dude, you haven't seen your movie. <laughs> it's it's uh, just, just he was fully unaware. Yeah. Is, the thing is, I feel he's like, like he, Tommy Wiseau. Level the thing is, though, I or, the impression he, I got of yeah. James Wynn was that he didn't really he he thought that people were just genuinely entertained by the movie, but not because it was terrible. It's like the Troll Two director. I haven't seen the sequel though because the sequel looks pretty self aware. Wait, like what's the the name of the sequel? Birdemic, Someone told him. I think it's called Birdemic Two. Um, Shocking. I think it's oh, I think it's Birdemic: The Resurrection. Oh my god! And he wanted to make it in three D, but obviously. Oh Jesus! I would have loved to see some gifts flying out of the screen in three D. Would have been a really good movie. I went, oh my god, who would have funded that in 3D? 
himself. I need to, I need um, to seek that person also out. Also, the film is loosely based on his own life experiences, not with birds, but um, you know how he's like a software company salesman in the movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a software company salesman who funded the film out of his own pocket, so he genuinely believed he was making a good movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but, um, but you know, for Shane Carruth used to do that. I'm like, his movies are actually good, but he used to be a computer programmer, but his movies turned out much better. And then now he's pretty full-time director, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, now that we've done the three honorable mentions, I'll get into, like, my ten. These are films that are so bad, they're awesome. Um, the first film is a film that was kind of buried because it was released in the middle of a PR nightmare involving one of the main actors. Oh, boy. Um, and it's a lost gem. I present The Beaver. Um, <laughs> With Mel Gibson. A, this is a drama directed by Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster and Jennifer Lawrence in one of her first big roles. Oh god. This film was buried. Wait, what is the plot? I feel bad now okay. for skipping it at some point. So basically, um, kind of. <laughs> have any of you watched Wilfred? Uh, I know the basic premise. Imagine yeah. if Wilfred was a serious drama. Um, this is a film about a suicidal man played by Mel Gibson. His kids don't like him, his wife wants him to move out of the house, and uh, oh, he's, Mel he's about... He's about to kill himself, and suddenly he finds a beaver puppet in the dumpster. So he puts on this beaver puppet, and uh, he decides to turn his life around. You know, he he spends the entire movie with the beaver puppet. This truly sounds terrible. Um, the thing though is that there's nothing like technically there's nothing wrong with the movie except for the entire premise. Like it's well acted, yeah. it's well made. It's not an appealing premise. The thing to is, be the fair. premise just invalidates everything with the film. It, it it was in the middle of when he had that whole breakdown, yeah. too, yeah. so it was just bad timing it's, all around. The thing is, it's just such a compelling train wreck to watch that it's almost worth watching. And the it's other great fun. thing <laughs> is that this is a drama that's under 80 minutes. Oh, yeah, wow. so, So it know. makes this film a little more watchable. It's probably a very good drunk watch. The I thing is, say. I feel like this movie... There was probably a good idea, but somewhere along the line, someone decides to try and make this Oscar bait. Yeah, or it's Jodie Foster's directing it. How do you say no to to her? Yeah. Probably on paper, this sounded like a good idea. But yeah, wasn't like the scripts like really well regarded? I think so, but unfortunately, along the line, someone decides to make a drama out of this, and there's just something truly absurd about a movie where Mel Gibson just walks everywhere with a beaver puppet with a British accent. Yeah, I can't take that premise seriously. There's no way. And then you get, and then eventually it gets so ludicrous. Like there's a big, like dramatic revelation, and it's you're supposed to be like, this is terrible, but you just wind up laughing at the whole thing. Oh, it's God. just so absurd. That's um, oh God. It sounds like a good somewhere, time. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, this movie existed. And <laughs> sounds like it should the, not have fallen off of people's thing. radars. What yeah. You're saying. Well, I think they kind of, the studio kind of buried it after the whole Mel Gibson oh, VR yeah. crisis. Like, we can't release a movie where Mel Gibson is a beaver puppet. Yeah, or just a movie with Mel Gibson <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What's next on your list, James? Okay. Um, Shame is not Get the Gringo. I actually kind of like that. I heard that movie wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. Next up is uh, Forest Warrior with Chuck Norris. Um, <laughs> this was a movie that I found in the Walmart bargain bin. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Where Chuck Norris lives. <laughs> it's, um, it's literally the same thing as Hot Fuzz when he's looking at the movies in the grocery. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, it's, I, it's, it's the same thing. 
okay. Oh my god. Well, what happened was, um, my sister and I we spent a Thanksgiving at her college dorm, and because uh, we didn't really have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving, and we were just like, okay, well, let's just see if we can find anything silly at Walmart and just stock up because we're not gonna leave Skidmore or anything. So we found we were going to the bin. I'm like, look at this, this forest warrior. And we watched this movie in five minutes, and we were just like, this is the greatest movie of all time. I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna guess there's Chuck Norris, and he is the warrior of a forest. Better than that. Bears? Um, not only are there bears in this movie, but Chuck Norris is a, uh, he, he was a, like a Native American who was killed in the forest trying to deliver a letter. Oh my god! <laughs> he is resurrected by the, by the forest spirits, and he can turn into forest animals, so he can turn into a bear, <gasps> and he can turn into an eagle. <gasps> Sometimes he fights. Maybe I need to see this in video. It's also on Netflix, by the way. Oh, thank uh, goodness. Netflix, making everything possible. Um, so, for example, like, Lumberjacks will be trying to destroy the forest, and then he will swoop in as a hawk, and then turn into Chuck Norris and kick a Lumberjack. <laughs> kick it sounds a lumberjack. like the Chuck Norris version of Ferngully, slightly. <laughs> Guys, it's yeah. even better than Avatar. Oh, thanks. Same, so. plot. Some, yeah. Same plot, but you know, about protecting the environment, except. And he's reborn and can turn into other things. I just yeah. love the fact that we've we've gone to whitewashing with Chuck Norris. Oh, uh, jeez. He is fantastic. I mean, that was a short jump. But yeah. Then, as usual, the plot of this movie is there'll be some kids camping out and have to stop evil lumberjacks, but you know, Chuck Norris is on their side, so what can go wrong? Yeah, Chuck Norris is really the yeah. reason to see that. It's, it's kind of, it's a little sad though, because he's on the side of the animals. There, I was, I was really looking forward in the gray for boxes with wolves, and then it never really happened. Yeah, yeah. that was false advertising yeah. a little bit. I mean, at least it was a good movie in the end, but you know, I would have loved to have seen Liam Neeson boxes fight some with wolves. wolves. Yeah, that's what sequel. that movie needed. Sequel. Alright, what's next, James? Okay, what's next on this list is uh, Miami Connection. This is wonderful. This is also Go on Netflix. Um, this was a lost 80s movie that the indie distributor Draft House Films picked up. They blindly bought this movie off eBay and they decided to screen it at their theater and they had no idea how it would turn I think it, it was during out. Fantastic Fest. It sounds about right. And the yeah. crowd liked this movie so much that they wound up contacting the, the producers of the film and bought all the rights and they reissued it. And you can even get it on Blu-ray. I'm actually holding a Blu-ray right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have we have the soundtrack to this on vinyl. Yeah, um, I bought this on Black Friday during Draft House's sale and I was given the Dragon Sound vinyl. Um, I'll get into that in a second. The film is about... Um, a synth rock band called Dragon Sounds, but besides uh, making synth rock, you know, they're also really good at martial arts, and they fight coke smuggling side. ninjas in Miami. I mean, sounds like the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> and Draft House did a really good job. Like, they not only remastered the movie, but um, they even put out a fake Oscar campaign for this movie as oh, well. I love the Alamo Draft House. And the packaging. Boston, like, we love you. <laughs> yeah, please. They keep opening totally theaters in New York. Stop doing that. Yeah, they have three now. They're yeah. gonna have three. Yeah. But this film is fantastic. It's got a great soundtrack um, by the band Dragon Sounds. Songs about friendship and fighting ninjas and being. That's a tough all you guy. really need in life is friendship and ninjas. Yeah, it's worth the soundtrack, the martial arts, the great dialogue and performances. This is just a really fun bad movie. It's a good Man, group it's movie. Just, it's, it's actually. I'm looking at the cover now, the uh, Blu-ray cover, and it's just pink and 
pink and blue, blue and, and it's it is perfect. Like, I even have the poster in my room. Coming out. Yeah. They sent yeah. me a poster with this movie too. Yeah, Draft House does like good stuff with their releases. They have awesome yeah. packages of. So yeah, um. So it's like the trashy space. Criterion. It's yes. I would I would love to open like a Criterion style company that only reissues so bad they're good movies. We gotta find an investor for this. Maybe yeah. the guy from Birdemic seems to have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe we can find a venture maybe capitalist. convince him once we put out his movie on Blu-ray. Put a call through to Tim Lake. Yeah. yeah. Was it the the CEO of PayPal? He uh, he funds movies. He does. Uh, oh, him too. Wait, you yeah. Musk? Yeah. No, the CEO of PayPal. He I... does um the, all the Jason Reitman movies. He kicked oh. in money. That's how um Thank You for Smoking got made. Wow. Oh, he kicked cool. in money for that. Yeah. So we just need to find some board CEOs, basically. Yeah, totally. You know, because they're hanging around. They've, they've got nothing else to do but spend tons yeah, of money, yeah, apparently. they can just come around here. Yeah. What's next, James? Okay, um, this is a 50-cent VHS I found um, at Goodwill called Cyclone. Oh, it is... Yes, you actually have a pretty sizable VHS collection. Yeah, we, we do here. Which is noteworthy. My rule for picking up, a lot of these VHSs were found at Goodwill. I've never spent more than a dollar on any of these tapes. Mm -hmm. um, some of these tapes were left out on the side of the road at places. Um, sometimes I'll be walking to Trader Joe's. And we've, we've had some donations, too. We've had donations. Um, I have still have some films to watch on here. You have actual classics. You have the original Star Wars trilogy. You have Nashville, Predator, obviously, Escape from New York. The Escape complete York Mighty Ducks trilogy. Blade Runner. Yeah, and then you have things like the complete Mighty Ducks. Trilogy. Three Ninjas. Halloween. Is one of the best finds I've ever found on VHS. Who, who is um, in it, James? Uh, the only really this person named Heather Thomas. Don't really know who um, she is, but um, Martin Lanza, who was the bad guy oh. in Avatar. Um, and Wait, is that how you know Martin Lanza? Really, of all the things he's been in. Well, mainly because <laughs> Michelle I had, might fall out of her chair. Yeah, he's he's a very well-known film actor. That's but so mainly, but I know. I just feel like it was the most relatable thing. Oscars, too. Yes, he has. But the thing is, oh, also Jeffrey Combs, who was in like Reanimator. Um, oh yeah. Okay. But this is yeah. a movie about a girl who has a boyfriend scientist. She's really good at working out and is really strong. So strong female character, literally. Yeah. Um, and her boyfriend scientist is killed. Um and. Her boyfriend was developing like a super bike of the future, so she has to go on the run with this motorbike uh, that can shoot missiles and do all these really cool things because it's in the future. So that that bike, this has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Has a 12%? Yeah. Where, where were the positive reviews of this? <laughs> I know. Um, the production values are hilarious. Um, it was directed budget... by a guy with a very long Italian name, so that tells you something. Uh, usually, if it's a, an Italian director, like it's pretty bad uh, on the bad movie scale. It's kind of a, a weighted judge. And also with this movie, um, the other great thing is when they have like a club sequence in the future, they can't really afford to use real nightclubs. So they kind of just shoot things in a gym. <laughs> yeah. And then put some strobe lighting in there. It's like, okay, this is futuristic enough. Um, um, they clear out the gym I'm, equipment into a corner and I they just so. put a disco ball. I'm hoping that, you know, one day this will be remade with Ryan Gosling and Nicholas Winning Reffin because, like, <laughs> think about this. The colors are very dry, actually. The colors are very dry, actually. And there are a couple scenes where uh, she rides around in a motorbike, just like montages of her running around set to 80s music. And is I was like, wrong that I just assumed the 80s were pink and blue all the time? 
No, not at all. <laughs> There's some red and pink on this VHS color. Okay, yeah, yeah it's just red. There's it's red. better than the blue it and does, orange we have It now. does look a bit yes, 80s. It, it does look a bit 80s drive. But yeah, it's a great movie. I'm not sure how you'll ever find this movie, but you know, maybe if you go to Goodwill or something, you'll find you'll it. You'll find hidden gems. Maybe one day, if I can start my bad movie redistribution company, I can re- re- digitally remaster it and issue it on Blu-ray. You <laughs> can only dream. What's next, James? Next on the list, on the list is uh, Tiptoes. I've never heard of this movie. This is one of the most ill-conceived films I have ever seen. This is a drama with a stellar cast, including Gary Oldman, Kate Beckinsale, Patricia Arquette, oh my God. Matthew McConaughey, These are legitimate and Peter people. Dinklage. <laughs> I think I know where this was going. Okay, this was, I found this on, I found like an article about this on Cracked, like the worst movie you've never yes. seen. And, yes, yes, uh, now I know. This is a drama with Matthew McConaughey, and he's going to marry Kate Beckinsale. But Kate Beckinsale That's where it goes wrong. But um, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey him, has a secret. His family are all dwarves. Are you serious? <laughs> It gets better. Thank you, Cracked. You taught me something. Oh my Gary, god. Gary Oldman plays a dwarf. How? <laughs> yes. He literally walks on his knees. Oh my god. Not that. offensive. Not, not there's offensive. A, there's a serious scene in this movie where. Oh wait, Peter Dinklage is a badass biker dwarf. Um, I feel like that's gets, not too far from the That's actually the least offensive thing. There's a dramatic scene <laughs> where um, somebody is. <laughs> where a dwarf. Hit somebody with a with the boombox. <laughs> like he just pulls out a boombox and hits someone with it. Um, Fight the power. <laughs> it's the cover to this looks so photoshopped. It's, ter- it's like cut and pasted in. Yeah, like, it's oh like um, how did they all most, agree to this? This has some. We gotta, we gotta, Monica, we gotta get you to write the oral film. history of this film. Oh God. I wonder if what did we, I do to deserve this? I wonder if Gary Oldman we could get. Uh, he even wants to talk about it. Yeah, it might be something that like. It's kind of like when you bring yeah. up. It's kind of like all those drunk. Breaking Bad interviews. They brought up Brian Cranston and Power Rangers. Like, no, don't show it. I feel like that's Wait, gonna be from Power Rangers. Yeah, Brian Cranston used to voice some of the bad guys on Power Rangers. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, actually, I was thinking about like a lot of the bad movies that I like tend to be from like my childhood. So like the Power Rangers movie. I I've actually re- recently we watched that a couple years ago with a bunch of my college friends. But I highly recommend you all watch Tiptoes. This oh is a God. very. It, I, there's also a I really don't know great. If I can do it. There's a really great dramatic scene in the film. They start having a really serious argument, and all of a sudden, since the screenwriters clearly ran out of ideas, um, Matthew McConaughey just yells. He's a dwarf. I'm a dwarf, and then walks out of the room <laughs> and slams the door. Oh my god! This is not a gif everywhere. Oh Tumblr. my god! Yeah. Like this, this sounds magical. I found this was also a great CEX find. Um, if you ever need to find terrible, terrible movies, CEX is the place to do it. Yeah, online. They crossing. have a lot of cheap, cheap DVDs too. This is fantastic. Oh my I would god. highly. This is just. An idea of a Hollywood project gone horribly wrong. If somebody's got to track down the oral history of this, I want to I know. really hope so. I want a documentary about this movie. Uh, best part, official selection of the 2004 Sundance Film Festival. Really? Where it oh fails my God. to find a distributor Was it that the year Primer got picked? Is that the Primer year? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was 2005. Oh, pos- oh maybe. Oh, God. So really, Sundance? This just proves Sundance isn't everything, everyone. It's not perfect. Okay, so What's the next, next film I'm going to bring up, this is a more commercial movie that you've probably seen, but if you haven't, it's 
a great, it's a great, great watch. Uh, the Happening. Oh um, God, yeah. Or the end of M Night Shyamalan's career. Um, this had a great premise on paper. Like the trailers were really good. That had Everything Zoe Deschanel in it. Had right? Zoe yeah. Deschanel as well, except she doesn't really do anything except just stare blindly at the camera for the whole movie. Yeah, um, that seems about right for M Night Shyamalan. And like on paper, this premise could have been scary. It's a virus that makes people kill themselves. And you know, that, that had a lot of potential. And you thought, okay, this could be M. Night Shyamalan's comeback. It was okay. It was, it was not bad, but the ending. As, as everything he does, the ending just well, went the thing awry. Was, I feel like everything in this movie was terrible. Yeah. I, my other theory is that Mark Wahlberg, who was in this movie, was hysterical. Like... I wonder if he was intentionally bad acting. But my feeling, though, is that Mark Wahlberg was cast for comedies after he made The Happening. Oh, yeah. That is kind of true, actually. Like, after that, The Other Guys and Ted, like, all those movies came out. Maybe that, maybe that was his, his plan all along, was he just wanted to do more comedies. But this movie is just so ridiculous. Um, you, you think that people killing themselves would be really graphic, but no, these deaths were hilarious. A guy laid over a lawnmower. A guy fed himself yeah, to lions in a they're zoo. they're the tamest deaths ever. But not, I, it doesn't matter if it's tame or not. They were just stupid. Like, well, it's was, not... Was that PG-13 or R? No, this was M. Night Shyamalan's first R-rated movie. Yeah, it um, wasn't It wasn't that. It was like P, the PG-13. I remember I saw it in theaters, and I warned my friends. I'm like, you guys know this has been getting horrible reviews. My friends are like, no, like, they're just wrong. It's going to be really good. I'm like, oh, yeah, critics, they're just you, wrong. Be careful, <laughs> be careful what you wish for, guys, because we started watching this movie, and... Within 15 minutes, everyone in the theater had given up on taking this movie seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My other theory is that it's actually a bizarro romantic comedy about a family, about a, uh, like, a, a, about a couple who are brought together by a horrible disaster, <laughs> and then when they rekindle their relationship, conveniently, like the spoiler alert, the disaster just stops. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, that's all the disaster really wanted to do was to bring them together. Yeah, you know, so two romantic comedy. Yeah. Bring these two people together. Like, you know? <laughs> Easy. Um, next up, this is a straight-to-video movie, um, but okay. it's it's called Pop Star. This is a film with uh, Aaron Carter. Remember him? Oh my God, James! Oh. He did a movie. He How did a movie. Funny. I think my friend I actually recommended Pop Star to me. Um, what year was this made? I think it was. It was the someone. Two thousand. Yeah, it was um, someone. He was kind of maybe sort of a thing. Oh no, he definitely wasn't a thing by the time. Well, it was like start, um, starting to peter out, and it was like cash in emergency. Yeah, was, quick, we gotta do a movie while you. This is yeah. basically some bad Disney Channel movie. It's about a pop oh. star who's uh, not doing very well in school, so his mom sends him back to a high school, and he has to uh, take math class, and he falls in love with the cute the girl teaching him math. Oh Jesus! And uh, oh, really? Uh, he, but then gets really dramatic. He has to overcome his testophobia. <laughs> oh my God! And this sounds like an after-school special. A, yeah. Because this is a low-budget movie. There's a scene where some where uh, somebody uses a fake search engine and uh, oh, looks up testophobia. Is, is does he sing in it, James? He has. Yes. To, okay, I was gonna say it's not taking advantage. It's a pretty special movie. Um. Hope, like Aaron Carter can't act at all, which is the first great yeah. thing. Um, secondly, the production values are atrocious. Um, for example, a classroom scene, yeah. they can't afford any posters, so they kind of just shred up uh, folders and write math equations on them to make it look like oh a Except, uh, um, what? <laughs> my friend and I were watching this, and we paused the movie during the test scene, 
And my friend was sitting there like, wait a minute, this math equation doesn't actually make any sense. This is <laughs> what they wrote on the card. You're just 5 plus 7 equals it was 2. Like, it was supposed to be some algebra equation or something. And it doesn't. I don't like oh, what I ever said. All fra- it's all fractions. Oh my god. But it's... I think the full movie's on YouTube, actually. Oh, it has <laughs> to be. Some kind soul. <laughs> some kind soul put it on YouTube oh, god, so no one would have to pay for Thank it. Thank goodness these people exist. Um, the next one I'm going to put in is uh, The Room. Obviously, you've talked about this already. Easily the worst film ever made. There, it's rare to find a movie that had intentions to be so great, but missed on every single mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, God. The, like, everything. Like, usually there's redeeming quality in a movie. The cinematography is the out of focus. The worst cancer plotline ever. I have cancer! The worst cancer plotline ever. My plotline. Yeah, yeah. My plotline. Plot yeah. Spoons! Yes. Yeah, oh, if you go see it in theaters, bring spoons. See, yeah. that was the thing. When Otherwise, I first saw it, I was, I was just almost like on a dare. Like, I want to see what this is all about. And didn't know about spoons, got stuff thrown on screen, and... Oh, that's like going to Rocky Horror without knowing. Yeah. yeah. It totally was. Whereas Rocky Horror, there are handy guides on the internet. Yeah. I, I, at least I didn't come across it when I was going to um, the room screenings. I think this might have been 2010 or... Yeah, so, it could have In the Coolidge. That. So it was. It I was remember still I pretty went to the Coolidge early. to see it, and Tommy Wiseau was there in person. And yeah, those, those tend he to be is, He is a piece of work. Um, if you try and ask him questions about, like, how did you get funding for the room? Where are you from? He, he basically dodges any question that's remotely personal and just goes, like, okay, next question. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God. He and he's just he's just such a jerk. But you know, I feel like he's he's made the worst movie of all time. He's the right to be a jerk. I mean, Everyone's he, laughing at him. He did. He, he's made a name <laughs> for himself. It's he bared much for that film. And yeah. I feel like he's Jeez, he's basically <laughs> Take he's away. basically cornered himself because he can't really make another movie. At this yeah, point. there's um, there's no way. He was on that episode of Tim and Eric though that was really good. Oh yeah. Um, the episode that he That's guest directed. That's the only directed. thing that <laughs> he could be in though is, is a Tim and Eric episode to make fun of himself. Basically. I think that's actually how I discovered The Broom through Tim and Eric. Oh. Um, uh, they're yeah. they're purveyors of, of terrible movies as well. Also, uh, the next film on the list is another is a great film you can find on Netflix called uh, Cool Dog. Oh, okay, so backstory is James and I have a love for bad dog movies. I mean, who doesn't? It's cute. Everyone likes animals. dogs. Everyone likes movies with dogs. My personal favorite is Soccer Dog the movie. Oh, which, Soccer Dog is awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. Anything that's not the original Airbud. There's there's an Airbud World Pup and it comes close, but it's it's not as good as Soccer Dog. No, like Airbud is pretty legit and then like all the other ones when it gets like, like Puppy Buddies or so. Yeah. Right. It's a little in- I think the, the Buddies movies need to stop. It's, they're every season now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, b- between James and I, we've probably seen every dog movie you can... I remember the time we live tweeted Air bad... World Pup. Yes, we did live tweet Air Bud World Pup. It was okay. wonderful. Um, but yeah, Cool Dog is a movie that feels like a relic from a lost decade until you realize it came out in 2011. Um, it's a movie about a kid who has a really cool dog. They make sure to say cool dog a few times in this oh, movie. Oh, I thought it was going to be sit in Alaska or something. Oh, no. I was, yeah. But cool this, this movie, <laughs> has him, literally, he's a cool dog. Oh, well, um, there's even a rap song in the movie called Cool Dog. Oh, and there's like some barking in the beat. 
Oh my um, god. Who let the dogs outside? Is there a music video on no, this DVD? But, oh, um, man. It's basically about a kid who was like the coolest dog in the world, but then his family moved to New York City and he can't take the coolest dog in the world with him. <gasps> so um those pet he tells he tells his uh, dog like, you know, we'll find each other. He gives his dog an iPod because that's what you give does dogs. It, does it go all homeward bound? He it's basically homeward bound, except oh. this dog can like do everything. This dog yeah. drives a car at one point, um, he drives a boat. <laughs> he plays. He gets in a train car and plays a harmonica with homeless people and does like a. Uh, wow, where was the where was he in the Oscar race that year? I know it's so multi talented. But mainly, yeah, that artist dog took it all. Oh, it was the same year, or also yes. in the trailer they say at one point, uh, the dog must put matters into his own paws. Oh my god, I love good lines like that. Like it's. I watched this movie a few years ago. It might be way worse than I ever could have ever remembered, um, but it's it's a pretty pretty terrible movie. You, you as can't far have, as, you can't talk bad uh, bad movies without putting one animal movie in there. Oh, of course, and there's so many animal movies, but I feel like Cool Dog, just a title as good as that, deserves a place on this list on principle. Nice. And I think I might have said this earlier, but I think it's on Netflix too, so you can you can always watch. There are cool options dog. to traumatize yourself. Thank with. goodness for Netflix. <laughs> And my final bad movie um, actually is one of Edgar Wright's favorite bad movies. Um, it's called Ricky O, the story of Ricky. And it is, it is legendarily this bad. This movie is one of the most enjoyable bad movies I've ever seen. It is a hyper-violent prison movie set in the future. And basically this guy is sent to prison, but he has really cool, extraordinary superhuman powers. So, you know, it's he can casually just punch holes through people. Um, <laughs> you saw this at a screening with Edgar Wright, right? I didn't see that screening, but um, I did have a conversation with Edgar yeah. Wright on Twitter about this. Because um, oh. he had an article about bad movies, and I thanked him on Twitter. I'm like, thank you for showing me the wonders of Ricky O. <laughs> and he just tweeted back, and he's like, you can never go wrong with that movie. Like, <laughs> it is so awesome. This is First of all, he introduced you to Ricky O, and then yeah. he said, hey. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah, so wonderfully it's, terrible. It's, it's a great movie. It's on Netflix, actually. It's a good group watch That one's movie. on Netflix, too? Yeah. yeah there are some gems on Netflix. Netflix is becoming, like, old-school Hulu. Yeah. yeah. By old-school Hulu, Netflix I mean, like, two years ago. bad movie central. I mean, they have good things, but more it's, often it than It seems not. like a lot of it's gone off of the instant yeah. stuff. Like, a lot of the good stuff. Like, older movies uh, with... Hulu Plus taking a lot of the criteria, yeah. and then uh, Warner Archive yeah, also pulling a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right here. But Riccio, I couldn't. So we're just gonna be left with that and Weinstein wine yeah. films because they just signed. Oh yeah, they Netflix. did just sign the Netflix deal. So it'll, it'll be like Goodwill Hunting and Riccio. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, and, and also, also DreamWorks Animation signed a deal. So if you want to watch Kung Fu Panda two, I there mean, you go. Oh, that's not a. Well, well, that's not bad, because they also kept it with uh, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. But, you um, know, it's just going to be a lot thank of... Thank you, James, for that wonderful list. Oh, you're welcome, and it's great to share terrible movies with the world that they should be seeing. You know, Ricky O just shot up to the top of my mustache oh, list. Oh, so it's wonderful. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. So, as long as you can tolerate extreme violence, like this movie... Oh, I'm sure, but it's, like, campy, right? It's, it's very campy, yeah. but in terms of... In terms of the sheer amount of gallons of blood in this movie, it's potentially even higher than yeah, the Bill Volume 1. It's pretty well, gory. It's... <laughs> I mean, he punches through people. He punches through people. Yeah. At one point, uh, 
he punches someone. Is it like a Takashi Miike film? Sort of. Like, he okay. can just punch someone in the face and pull their eye out, too. Yeah. And then feed it to a bird. <laughs> yeah. The violence in no this movie deal. is so nuts that yeah. it's hilarious. It makes it amazing. Alright, so to conclude, I have a game for you guys. We're gonna play, yes, the Nicolas Cage quote. Uh, from which oh. movie? I'm gonna, we're going to see if James Kent is an actual Nicolas Cage master. So I pulled these from IMDb. Some of Maybe these, he's sweating now. Some he of them I this. haven't seen, so I, I don't know if they're significant enough, but I tried to pull, like, just bonkers quotes. So we're going to do... I have ten of them. Whoever, whoever's best of ten. <laughs> so there's potential to tie. I, I'm going to guess that we're not going to tie, but if so, I have a tiebreaker. <laughs> All right. So, they're so ridiculous. Okay, the first, I can't do the inflection because nobody is Nicolas Cage but Nicolas Cage, but I'll, I'll try. I love pressure. I eat it for breakfast. Uh, The Rock? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes! I can go home now. James is going to get this. <laughs> I tried to, I tried to wide-spanning things. The front man of Nick Rage is yeah. gonna know the quotes. No. Um, the second one, <laughs> I could eat a peach for hours. Oh, okay. Movie. Face off. Yes. Yeah! <laughs> Just saw <laughs> Why is that said in the middle of... I don't even know. Because, because it's, it's one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> he's not talking about peaches. Yes, I know, but <laughs> it's, it's just out of context amazing. Uh, my personal favorite... Why couldn't you just put the bunny back in the box? The Sarsha's Apprentice? No. <laughs> Although, good with the magic, no. Do we give up? Yeah. It's Con Air. It darn it! Oh! oh. <laughs> I have seen that one. It's See, I feel like ridiculous. I should be doing better at this, because the website I made for Nick Rage actually has a, uh... There's a random Nicolas Cage quote button. Oh, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> this is the only time I was ever able to use JavaScript for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> my other favorite, because I've never seen it, but out of context, text, this sounds awesome. Do you think fish have dreams? Oh, bad lieutenant. Yeah, that is. Wait, what? Why was that said? I don't even... You just need to someone, see bad lieutenant. Someone wrote that line. That's a line somebody wrote. Okay. Um, this is an actual movie I love. You are what you love, not what loves you. What is that from? That's a really good line. City of Angels. No, it's an actual good Nicolas Cage movie, hint. Hmm, Leaving Las Vegas? I haven't seen no. that, but... Is it Weatherman? No. Mm. Do you give up? God, it's for adaptation. None of you uh, saw that. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, it's like a really well-known one. No. Whatever, guys, whatever. Have you judged? Worth, there's five, okay, so we're halfway through. Um, uh, let's, oh, even in hell, there's, there's compassion. Drive Angry 3D. <laughs> Specifically, three. Wait, can we t- James, wait, when, when did you first go see that? You saw I that went, at midnight. I went to the midnight showing because when I went to because em- like in when I lived on camps at Emerson, we could go to midnight movies and just walk yeah. back, and you could you were eligible for student pricing. So oh I went God. with a bunch of uh, Emerson kids, and the entire theater just went ironically. It was all just inebriated Emerson students and just cheering for Nicholas. I hope it was like a sold out ironic crowd. It was a half-film ironic. Crowd. That's pretty good. Uh, that's, that's not bad. Good. That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, the cave. If the caves won't save us, nothing can. Okay, I'm trying to think of Nicolas Cage movies with the Nicolas Cave. Um, 
Oh wait, is that National Treasure too? No, but but good. It is recenter-ish around then. Okay. Ooh. Do you need Do you need a hint? Hint would be nice. He's trying to save the world. Uh, There's a couple movies, but yeah. Oh, knowing. <laughs> Which one? Knowing. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No. Oh god. Oh god. I didn't know it existed until like right now. Knowing. Oh my god. It's aliens taking over the world, and he has to. Spoiler. He, he plays an MIT professor. Oh, so I should really know. Yeah. This one. Okay. okay. It's so wonderful. Uh, he may have my soul, but he doesn't have my spirit. Something Ghost Rider. One of the Ghost Riders. Which one is it, James? <gasps> oh, I probably Ghost Rider one. Yep. Uh, wow. That was gonna guess the first one. Yeah. Well, what I'm doing is I'm kind of matching this with the context of the movie. Well, that, as you should. Yeah. I just have Except for two fish have I have two. Yeah. I figured that's a well-known one, but whatever. Um. Oh, that's funny. My name is Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. Somebody wrote that. That's an older Nicolas Cage movie. It's an action movie. It was an actual good movie. There's cars involved. Uh. Come on, James. Gone in 60 seconds? Yes. Woo! I just... It was I'm so bad. easy. Sort We're of. back in the game. Like, with Monica's <laughs> got two. James has... Five. Yeah. You could come from behind. I'm this on the board. This one could be for three points. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, so we've got one more. What should I pick? Hmm. All right, I'll do... Oh, yeah, that one's this. so easy. All right, well... Uh, I'll, I'll do something hard, and you guys can guess. It's and it's not... I did one each, so it's not... If we've used that movie, it's not usable yet. All right. Some things are true whether you believe in them or not. It's an older movie, and it hasn't been picked yet. Valley Girl. No. <laughs> not that old, but... Moonstruck? No. We're, we're talking 90s. Oh, not that old. Hmm. This is a really difficult one. I don't think I know this one. You don't? Well... Do you want to take a wild guess, Monica? I have no other guesses to give. It's from uh, City of Angels, and he's... Uh, oh, he's right there! He's I'm tricking myself. He's talking to Meg Ryan about how she, her, she doesn't believe in angels, and he's playing... Because I have this so movie, terrible. my friends bought me this movie on VHS as a housewarming present, and I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, so now but, you know, really can But, Jay Carr from the Boston Globe calls this the most powerful and spellbinding romance in years. There might be a reason he probably doesn't work at the Globe anymore, I'm just saying, but... But James wins this five to two. He does know his Nicolas Cage. Oh, can't argue with that. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Um, um, good game. Yeah. Good game, sir. Good game. You guys will just both have to have a City of Angels viewing party. Yeah. Of course. I'm, I mean, I've had this movie for a while, and I feel like it's time that I... It's time to pop Time that I watch this masterpiece. Well, I, I think that about does it. For well, real quick, uh, side note, uh, the Coolidge Corner oh, this yes. month is going to be doing a So Bad It's Good uh, series. So if you're in the Boston area and would like to see great films such as Troll 2, yes. uh, the original Fast and Furious, and... An American Hippie in Israel yes. and Showgirls. Yes. You yes. can definitely catch all of those on 35mm. Wait, Showgirls in 35mm? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, See, that that's was a movie, costume. That was a movie <laughs> I was really bummed 
couldn't didn't have enough room to make the list. It's a pretty bad movie. Yeah, it's got the girl from Full House. I want to say, or is it uh, yeah, Wrong Hands? One of those, or Saved by the Bell? One of those. I think yeah, I think it was Saved by the Bell. It killed a film studio, a filmmaker's career. Yeah, there was there, it was a triple threat in all the wrong ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it was it was marvelous. It killed the NC but yeah, if you're rating. if you're in Boston, definitely go see a bunch of those because the college is awesome. Yeah. And chances are Michelle and I will be there. Yeah, <laughs> most likely for one of them. I, I'll, I'll definitely be there for Troll 2. Yeah. I'll be there for Troll 2. Good deal. Everyone should be there for Troll 2. It's one of the greatest films ever. Definitely. All right. Well, I think we could also do um, the recommendations. Oh, yes. So our, based off our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles poster that says, Say no to drugs, say yes to pizza. What are, you, what are we saying no to? The One Direction movie. Oh, yeah, we can say no to that. Fair. Obviously, they should see Popstar. Or say no to Miley Cyrus. We I'm, shouldn't know. I'm not, well, not, I'm not saying no to her in a bet. I'm saying no to Robin Thicke, actually. Can I say no to him? Yeah, because that song is old. Yeah, I'm just going to say no to it's him. Because he, he got no flack for that, and he's just as, as terrible for... It's guilty. <laughs> for coming up with that stupid song. Uh it's also gross. Um, Let's see. What are you saying yes to? But I am going to say yes to the Spectacular Now and Short Term 12. They're both Yay. sort of coming-of-age stories. I, I think they're was really, really great. good. Yeah, so, like, while main box office mainstream films have been kind of hit or miss this summer, I feel like the indie films that have come out this summer oh, have really been good. amazing. Yeah. So as a sort of back to school special, my recommendation was Actually, to Short Term Twelve good. and Spectacular Now. Yeah, those are pretty good. Let's see. I'm gonna say yes to. So there's a BBC America show that's airing right now, and they're all on demand, so you can watch it. But it's called Broadchurch, and it's got David Tennant and Arthur Darwell in it, and it's kind of a murder mystery, but it's really well done and really well acted, and it's very very addicting. I think it also has one of the villains from this past season. From Doctor Who. Uh, it's got, what, what's that guy's name from Harry Potter? And he's he was in the Doctor well, Who Well, it was a woman. Uh, she was oh, yes, the intelligence. She, yes, um, uh, the woman that was in the first episode, or, um, she's been... The curly-haired boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yes. been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Or anything you want to say yes to, James, to recommend? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a very strange old indie movie that just came out recently. Um, it's coming to theaters in October. Um, but you can order it in on iTunes, a lot of on-demand services. It's a comedy, it's a horror comedy called Bad Milo. Yeah. That's influenced by a lot of 80s horror movies. And if you've ever watched Party Down, it has Ken Marino in it. He and, is awesome. And it's a straight, it's, the premise seems like, doesn't make the movie sound good, but the fact that this movie handles the premise so straight-faced makes it brilliant. And it's a comedy about a deeply stressed man who discovers he has a demon living in his colon. <laughs> whenever, whenever he gets stressed out, this monster escapes and kills people. So oh it's a comedy God. about a guy who is to manage his stress so people don't die. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this a, is someone's like analogy for IBS. And the, thing, yeah. and the thing is, the movie works because um, it's not only it not only plays the premise entirely straight, and the one moment that it doesn't play the premise straight, it's a good payoff. Um, but also has a really good cast. Also is Peter Stormare as a hippie psychiatrist. Oh, nice. And um, it's also very well made as well. I pretty much love everything Ken Marino does. It's so. it's a really it's a re- this is a surprisingly excellent movie, and it works as a horror film as well. And nice. the best part is that almost all the effects in the movie are practical too. Yay! So, Yay! So, the creature, so the creature in the movie is actually like a puppet character. 
Oh, that's amazing. I'm just so tired of CG everything right now. You know, now. that was one of the things that I really appreciated about Face Off, was that all it, all the stunts and such were practical. I really love it when movies use practical effects, and that's one of the things I liked about the Evil Dead remake, too. Yeah. That almost all the effects in that movie yeah. were practical. Yeah, so that was one of the few things I admired out of the remake. It was, I, I, yeah, I, I, thought it, it was I have some respect movie. for at least trying to do things practically rather than we're, we're just going to CG this. Yeah, or yeah. just rehashing the same thing. Yeah. And even with Elysium, they used practical effects where they could, and it was pretty clear when they did. Yeah, yeah. Like I, a lot I of appreciate sets. that. Even if the movie isn't great, even I the movie, like that they did The movie that. was so flawed, but I admired the film for being like a big-budget R-rated action movie with practical effects. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too few and far between these days. So say no to CGI, say yes to practical. Yeah, there we go. Yes. <laughs> that, that is our, our episode. Yes, it is. Thank you for listening to the Nerdy Projectors. Hey, man, I got some Swiss cotton underpants. Shoot him again. What for? His soul's still dancing. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.